Welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lou. Make sure you visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for your full list of services. Not a matter of if, matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tire service. So make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. And welcome into the show. We appreciate you guys joining us wherever you get your podcast. It is a beautiful Monday night here in Missouri where two Chiefs fans have to react to whatever that was that we saw last night. And I I don't think that we do a very good job of not showing our fandom. We are constantly talking about our favorite teams. Mm-hmm. We are both Kansas City Chiefs fans. And we have not got to talk about what happened Sunday night. I just can't believe that these receivers find a way to ruin everything over and over and over again. Even when that play happened last night, I told my wife, like, oh, my gosh, these offsides. Like, I'm watching this magic happen. And I didn't even react. Like, I know some people did. They're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Immediately, I see Kadarius Tony lined up offsides. And I, I couldn't even get excited about it. It's like, how does he continue to do this, to get in the way, literally this time, and ruin greatness? One of the coolest plays I've ever seen in football oh. would have been the game winner, but because he's lined up offsides. And I like refs, you've you got to throw the flag on that one. He was so offsides. It was so obvious. I think even one of the clips I saw from Andy Reid was like, yeah, he was like an inch or two <laughs> offsides. No, he wasn't. (laughs) He was was in front of the football. He was so offsides. It's just, it's ridiculous. These receivers, it's, they keep screwing things up for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, I mean, it's just like, it's like you said, one thing after another. And I was coming into this week. I think I ended the show last week with like, I'm not even excited with the Chiefs right now. Like I am not happy. Like I need someone to get me excited right now because I'm just, there's nothing to be optimistic about with this wide receiver core. And it's so aggravating because I watched so much TV today at work. And if my bosses are listening, I am sorry, but I had sports (laughs) center on YouTube TV on my phone all day today. And I'm just watching every show, like just get up, you know, NFL live Mm -hmm. through the middle of the day, sports center, the pre games leading up to Monday night football tonight. And just every time they talked about the chiefs, I was locked into it. And Dan Orlovsky brought up a really good video that shows that Kadarius Toney not only lined up offsides once on the mm-hmm. play that he got called, but multiple plays during the game. And I will yeah. say, to just justify Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' frustration, I think that's more so what they're trying to say is the timing of the flag, not necessarily the fact that he was offsides. Andy Reid saying he was like an inch or so offsides, like, <laughs> that's just wrong. But it's just the, the, <laughs> the whole the, foot. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's the timing of the call. And as much as people want to be like, oh, Chiefs finish complaining, like, you know, the call was finally made correct. It was like, okay, let's look at last week, Dan, where the ref decided to swallow the whistle on – MVS giving an involuntary piggyback ride to the defender of the Green Bay Packers. Like, that's assault, brother. We joked about that last (laughs) week. Like, that whistle got swallowed. And then it's just all the other timing of calls through just this season as a whole for the Chiefs. Started in week one, like Jawan Taylor, like Chris Collinsworth. Shut your mouth. We get it. Jawan Taylor's a little early on the snap. You don't have to say it 75 times a game. And that put the whole league on notice. So it's just like those have been the things that just kind of continue to build up for the Chiefs this year. And I thought by now at this point in the season, those would be cleaned up. And the frustration that we saw from Mahomes last night, as much as it was him exploding at the referees, it's kind of what we talked about last week as well. Is like, we are just waiting for Mahomes to blow up. Like, I want to see him stop being Mr. Nice Guy and blow up on a receiver. Kind of get that mm-hmm. little Tom Brady-esness of, like, chew a receiver's ass out. 
We hear about Aaron Rodgers in practice getting onto his receivers about not doing things correctly. Mahomes, you're going to have to start doing that, and we need to start hearing about it because the refs took the blunt or the brunt of everything that's been building up with your frustration from your own teammates this season because yeah. they have let you down time and time again. And he finally blew up, and it was, it was on the referee at the timing of the game, and he was like just an awful play call or an awful penalty. I've never seen anything that bad. And it's like, we get it. I think it's more so, again, the timing. But, like, the referee, he made the right call. Yeah. Is the timing perfect? No. Was the call perfect? It was. And yeah. another thing, Kadarius Tony, if you lined up offsides that many times during a game or maybe throughout this whole season, Maybe, like, let's get you an eye appointment, man. Let's get you, right. you know, set up with an eye doctor because that's, that's bad and consistent. Yeah. Like, you got to give him props for being consistent on something this season. Mm-hmm. And in I used to coach junior high receivers. And lining up correctly was one of the things that you had to go over with seventh grade junior high football players. Of like, all right, look where you are. You can't be in line with the ball. Like, I know it's called the line of scrimmage. Here's a neutral zone. No one gets to be in that. You've got to be a little bit back. And if you don't know if you're on that line or if you're too far in front of it, check with the referee because he'll tell you. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that are like, oh, he checked with the ref. No, he pointed to the ref and then immediately turned his head. (laughs) I don't even think he looked at me. He just pointed at me like, am I pointing the right Right. way? Yep, let me look directly at the ball. I will. (laughs) <laughs> Another thing I do like have a question about, and it's it's being brought up because I'm a Chiefs fan and it happened. But like just throughout the league, like does it matter if the like if the receiver's head is even with the football? Like does that does like does it genuinely help the receiver at all? Exactly. Whether you're on right. the line of scrimmage like that, like just yeah. just in general, right? Like throw out the the game ending penalty, game ruining penalty. I should say a greatness ending penalty. Maybe it's just like. That. Like, does it really matter? Like, does it make or, that much of an impact? But even on the flip side of it, too, because I know there are a lot of non-Chiefs fans. Like, a lot of Chief fans are pointing out the Von Miller penalty that, that should have been like, oh, he's lined up off sides. Why didn't you call it? Like, is that really making a difference? Like, let's yeah. just take this one on the chin and move on. And you had it linked here, too, of Mitchell Schwartz, even. And when I saw the picture, a lot of people are posting the picture of Von Miller. Like, oh, he's off sides. I immediately thought, like, that's not the same angle. Yeah. This, I, this one is from behind Von Miller yep. on defense. He, like, maybe was offsides, but I was watching the game, and I didn't think anything of Von Miller yeah. jumping offsides. I, I saw Kadarius Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that Kadarius Tony lined up and immediately thought, oh, man, they're going to get him for an offsides. Ball you snapped. You saw before then, the play? Oh yeah, then flag goes in the air. So immediately I knew, oh. man, this is coming back. Like this is, this sucks hey, so bad. I- so even when Travis Kelsey caught the ball, it's like, oh, big play here. Not gonna count because Kadarius Tony's offsides. Then he yeah. laterals it to Tony. I'm like, this dumbass is about to score a touchdown. He's celebrating and he doesn't even know yet that he was lined up offsides. None of this is gonna count because <laughs> you couldn't stand two feet backwards from where you were. So it was it was Inches. very frustrating. Like not even two toes. I mean, you get two toes. Back, yeah, it's like good. Kevin Durant. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of mixed reviews on the Chief stuff. Uh, I I have no problem with the refs calling it. Like it is what it is. Like you said with Dan Orlovsky, should he have been warned? Maybe, but this is also the NFL. Do you need a warning on how to line up? And he did it multiple times throughout the game. So At this point, yeah, this eventually. We're in December, dude. You guys got four games left. You have lost three out of the last four. You just lost to the Packers, which, like, the Packers do look better. You shouldn't have lost that football game, and you did. You shouldn't have lost to the the Broncos. You shouldn't have lost to the Lions in week one. But you did. And the common denominator there is Kadarius Toney in, like, some of those games. In the Broncos game – I would go to Sky Moore, drop a fourth down touchdown. Idiot. He hardly played last night. Also had a yeah. drop pass. He, he's in the doghouse for sure. Which, like, how does he get put in the doghouse and not Kadarius Tony? Uh, but he is. And now you mentioned the Broncos, too. The Broncos are one game back of the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. for first place in the AFC West, which is just crazy that we're here in December talking about the Broncos being one game yeah. back. 
not the, the Chargers again. <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, speaking of the Chargers too, Justin Herbert looks like he's possibly done for the year now with a broken finger. I don't, I don't know why you would even chance it with bringing him back. That you have really nothing to play for. Yeah. If he needs surgery, if he needs to rest for six weeks while he, while it heals, I don't see the point in trying to bring him back and rush him into this awful situation that the Chargers have. And I feel so bad for Justin Herbert because his entire career has started in just the most unorthodox way. Like the guy in front of you is long gets punctured by your medical staff, and it's like you're starting today against the Chiefs. It's like, uh, okay, I guess I will almost beat them. And like he almost did. And it's just ever since then, it's just been one thing after another for him with the Chargers. He gets a big payday this offseason, so he's got to be happy with that at least. But Yeah, I don't feel too bad with, for him. Then you got to deal with California taxes, so now I feel bad for you again because it's like all the money you should be getting, you're not, which makes yeah. Shohei Otani's deal even better because he's getting taxed on $2 million a year, probably going to move away and then be like, I'll take my $68 million a year from here on out, less taxes. <laughs> Yeah, I live in Tennessee now. <laughs> yeah, Buddha. the Justin Herbert stuff—it's wild because we always talk about like situation matters so much to these guys when they get drafted, and even you know, taking it back to Patrick Mahomes, like the situation that he was drafted into mm-hmm. was perfect. Yeah, and then you know if you put Patrick Mahomes on any other team, we're not going to see the superstar results, the you know, two-time Super Bowl winner, the MVPs. I don't yeah. think we're going to see that out of him. Or even you know, Josh Allen landed in a pretty good situation. Uh, Joe Burrow, his situation in Cincinnati looks pretty good. And Joe Burrow, uh, hurt right now by the receivers he has, the offensive line. Those guys yeah. have got it pretty good. And then you get Justin Herbert, who just it just never really hasn't clicked for him. It's uh, just an injury-cursed or, franchise for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like even having like good receivers, are they ever – both healthy at the same time with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Like, and then you get Austin Eckler in there too. Like their offensive line's been pretty solid. And now like your defense out of nowhere is not very good. It, it's been a rough go at it for Justin Herbert. He's probably going to have a new head coach next year too. Cause they're just yeah. underperforming like crazy, but th- there's a lot of turnover at the quarterback position. That's something we've been talking about for a lot of weeks now of like, there are a lot of quarterback needy teams. This is how needy, Teams are of quarterbacks in the NFL. Joe Flacco starting for the Browns for the rest of the season. That is just absolutely and not wild. Too and bad. He played pretty well yesterday, so I, I get it that like he's going to be your guy moving forward. It's still just crazy to me that a team is employing Joe Flacco to be their starting quarterback. I thought yeah. this guy was done in the league. Like good for him. You're on a, a winning team. Like they have an eight and five record. That's the same as the Chiefs. And he is the starting quarterback. <laughs> That's a good win against Jacksonville that they did, that they had. Yes. So, like, maybe they put some things together here. The rest of their schedule, if you're a Browns fan, y'all be feeling pretty good. You play the Texans. C.J. Stroud injured, like, might not play. Yep. That's a pretty winnable game. Then you play the Jets. That's a winnable game. And then you finish out the season with the Bengals without Joe Burrow. That's a winnable game. Like, Things are looking pretty good for the Browns right now. They don't even have Deshaun Watson at quarterback. <laughs> Who's their last game then? The Bengals. It is the Bengals. So they have three more games left then? Bears. Bears, okay. I Bears is the one I missed. They get the Bears. That's winnable. Bears, Texans, Jets, Bengals. Those Shoot, are good. Fired. They could 12 and 5? Right. Easily. Or, uh, Cleveland Browns? Easily. And then I, I don't know if you're going to catch the Ravens at this point. They're 10-3 and three right now, but you're probably rolling into the playoffs with Joe Flacco as your starting quarterback. And we've seen Flacco make some magic in the playoffs before. So. <laughs> right? Yeah. Do you, does another team bring him back next year? Like the Browns won't. They have Deshaun Watson. They're paying him a ridiculous amount of money. But if you're Joe Flacco, like, do you get an opportunity to start in the NFL next year? Uh, Seattle's wide open, maybe like Geno Smith. Dealing with like, do the Steelers call you up and be like, "All right, oh Joe, my God, they might <laughs> come like, compete for the job." We've seen what you can do before. Do you do that if you're Joe Flacco? You just go play for every team in that division. <laughs> maybe it would be if you cool, can. Actually. Yeah, I would. I would be petty like that. Yeah, that would be yeah. pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. I I would. 
Uh, or maybe he goes to the Bengals and he's like, hey, Joe Burrow's probably going to get hurt. It's my chance here. I don't know. But, I mean, it's crazy. And then also the Minnesota Vikings. Like, we've all been hyping up Josh Dobbs for a while. you know where he's going to go? I can tell you right now. The Raiders. <laughs> yeah, that's such a fit. Like, the Raiders would be like, oh, dude, here's a $100 million contract. Come play with us for three years. It'd be like, <laughs> yeah. why? That's so unnecessary. Yeah, you know I'm really old, right? Like, <laughs> no, they, they might give like a two-year deal or something. But Josh Dobbs benched for the Vikings. That's another one that just everybody was loving the story. I think they wanted him to be the next Ryan Fitzpatrick, and maybe he will be because he'll catch on with another team, and he might get a chance to play again. That just seems like that's his his role in the NFL. Like even if you believe it's scripted. He's going to come in. He's going to make some things happen for a while. He's going to get benched again. games. Yep. yep. Go to a different team. Come back in. Play well. Get benched again. Um, and it happened this weekend with the Vikings. In just a, a crazy game. I, we've seen a couple of these. Like last week, there was a 6 to nothing win. And then you get the Vikings here. 3 to nothing. They win against the Raiders. I'm glad I didn't watch that game. But yeah. that's... I can't believe we're seeing these low-scoring games in the NFL. It, like, all over the place, too. And I just, like, the 6-0 game that you were talking about uh, was the Patriots versus the Chargers. Like, the Patriots just held them under. And then you turn on, what is it, the Ravens and Rams game yesterday, and it's just a high-scoring matchup back and forth the whole game. Mm-hmm. Watching the games tonight between Miami and Tennessee, it looked like it was going to kind of remain a low-scoring game itself would like that to actually hit the over so please start scoring <laughs> but it's just you're looking at some of these other games going on throughout the season you're like man like these teams that we're expecting to put up a ton of points just aren't doing so the Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars another perfect example I thought that offense was ready to explode this season and they have been so inconsistent and stagnant it's been frustrating to pay attention to them they still find a way to win some ball games or, or have been right but at the same time you turn around and lose to a backup quarterback with the Bengals, or with the Browns, excuse me, Joe Flacco, and it's like, what's going on? And they did lose the week before against the Bengals, another backup quarterback. That's the Jaguars' kryptonite, a backup quarterback. 30 teams in the NFL played yesterday. Only six of them scored 30 or more points. So just a lot of low-scoring games. That would be the Ravens, Rams, Cowboys, Niners. Browns. Browns. Bengals. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And so that, some of those were even some surprising scores. The Niners did not, by the way. They scored 28 points. Oh, close. Mm-hmm. Close. But you mentioned the Cowboys. How about the Cowboys? Ah, um, Dak Prescott, MVP? I mean, holy like shit. I think he has to be, like right now at least. You look at all the other candidates. Jalen Hurts was like the other guy that was up there. And now Dak Prescott and the Cowboys come out just – firing yesterday that was an impressive win and the eagles just look rough right now they did not look like uh, a super bowl champion team it'll happen to you every once in a while but to happen on sunday night football against a big division rival that is starting to heat up at the right time the cowboys look really good and i know that i've said before like man i'm an eagles fan if it's not the chiefs (laughs) i kind of like the fact that the cowboys are winning games uh, so many hey, people hate the Cowboys that I kind of like looked, it. <laughs> them winning last night the way they did in those uniforms in a night game, I'm not going to lie, pretty freaking sick. Mm-hmm. Like I was all about those white jerseys last night. And usually I'm like, man, I don't really know. But for some reason, the way the lights were hitting them in a matchup against the mm-hmm. Eagles is just different. And the fact that they're just playing flawless football on both sides of the ball. And your head coach was in the hospital dealing with something, and then he decides to come back and was just like, I'm actually going to call an excellent football game, and we're going to blow out uh, the defending representative of the NFC. It's like, <laughs> Mike McCarthy, do your thing, boo. Like, go mm-hmm. off. And Dak Prescott, I'm still waiting for you to just <laughs> do a Cowboys quarterback special and choke away an MVP <laughs> opportunity. But until then, hey, man, I'm going to uh-huh. give you flowers for flowers to do. You are playing some excellent football right now. Yeah. And as far as, like, the MVP goes, like, nobody else is really up there – with him, uh, you even mentioned it too. Like you guys, like Tyreek Hill, like can he keep up the pace? As we're talking, I think he just went to the sideline with an injury, actually. Yeah, and then you have Christian McCaffrey. Um, maybe like, are we going to give it to a running back or a receiver this year? I, I think with the way that Dak is playing so far, 
it's probably going to be him. At least he, he seems to be right now. A lot can change over the next four weeks of an NFL season. But um, with the way that he's playing at quarterback, I think he probably wins the award. I would love to see Christian McCaffrey do it because I still have a soft spot for running backs. But I just don't know. I don't know if he's going to. Like Even as the 49ers start to heat up and get good again, Brock Purdy is getting like a lot of the attention of like, man, look at what he's doing. And he had a great game yesterday. But Christian McCaffrey had 145 yards on the ground. Like, that's an impressive day. Yeah. And that really that frees up off. what he's doing. Hot. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk is on a contract year, and late Tres Paler <laughs> used to say it. Contract years are undefeated. <laughs> it is undefeated for Brandon Ayuk right now. That dude yeah. is looking to get freaking paid this offseason. Yeah, he might, too. I don't know if it's going to be in San Francisco. He's had no, his better not be in Kansas staff. City, I can tell you that, because he's going to get there and immediately catch the injury bug, and I'm going to be annoyed. He kind of fits the profile for what the Chiefs I, need, though. There's the thing. I'm sick and tired of the Chiefs having a profile, that receiver. It uh-huh. worked with Tyreek Hill, and you got lucky, and it hasn't worked since. Find yeah. a new profile, Beach. Pretty That's, it's, I think it's an Andy Reid thing. He's always liked those small, fast receivers. I mean, look back to his time with the Eagles when he had Deshaun Jackson, Jackson. Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy Macklin. Macklin. Like, yeah, he, just, he loves those guys. He loves little, fast receivers. And guys with an arrest record. Like, that's what <laughs> Andy Reid wants. And that's uh, what Andy Reid gets. Oh, the cops it's have happened. been to your house? Hmm. <laughs> How about a second yeah. chance? Yeah. Sounds like you got a chip on your shoulder. How fast <laughs> yeah. are you? <laughs> it looks like I haven't given you a second chance yet. Yeah. Oh, no one else wants you, but you run really fast? Come on. Daddy's got you. You want two years or one year deal? <laughs> Haven't you learned this really difficult offense? And we're just going to keep trusting that you'll figure it out by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, we also had some NFL draft news. Uh, Drake May has decided to declare for the NFL draft. I don't think that was much of a surprise at all. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have him as the number one quarterback, even over Caleb Williams. Really? So, no surprise there. I I don't. I still have Caleb Williams as like the number one guy, but a lot of people do like Drake May. They, a lot of similarities to a Justin Herbert mm-hmm. type, sneaky athletic. He's actually he's just athletic, but he's white, so you have to call him sneaky athletic. Ah, that makes sense. Yep, yep. Right, like he's high just, motor. Yeah, he is a good athlete, <laughs> but he's white. But he white. <laughs> so he's sneaky. <laughs> he's sneaky alpha. You wouldn't it expect it. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Six foot four, 220 pounds. Uh, like, has excelled at every level. But we'll call him sneaky athletic. <laughs> I bet you guys <laughs> didn't see this one happening. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he declares for the draft. He's going to be a top pick. Uh, we've talked about it earlier today. Like, so many teams just need him. You need a yeah. draft pick. You need a quarterback to hit. It, with the way that it's shaking out right now, the poor Carolina Panthers gave up their first pick, and it's going to be the first overall pick. <laughs> they need a quarterback, but the Bears are going to draft him. Or sorry, the Bears need a quarterback. They're going to have that pick. They're going to have their choice between Caleb Williams and Drake May. I'm not sure what they do with that one. Do you think they restart? They might. I mean, the Bears have been playing much better of late. Yeah, and, and I don't mean to interrupt you there, but like Justin Fields, there's – he just has these glimpses of promise where it's like, maybe he stays in Chicago. If you're Chicago, do you go, we'll give you another year here? Mm-hmm. Or do you trade him somewhere, try and get another first-round draft pick, and then restart and take a quarterback at one and hope you hit the right guy this time? Right, yeah. Because you, you have take- everything else around it. Like, Do you try and restart <laughs> and getting a quarterback, you know, or getting a quarterback on a rookie contract and build yeah. around it from there and add to your defense and offensive line, which – but We've it's very similar to like even the situation they were in last year. I'm like, man, Justin, Justin Fields has shown you some things. Do you stick with him? Do you add – like even in this draft, they're going to have two really high picks. Do you grab an offensive lineman and a receiver and then be like, hey, let's take one more shot at building around Justin Fields? Or do you sit here at number one overall and think, all right, this is it. Like we kicked that can down the road last year. We didn't love the quarterbacks with Bryce Young. Now we're going to do it because we love Caleb Williams or Drake May. Like, I think a lot of it is also going to be, does that front office get to stay? Does your head yeah. coach get to stay? And it seems like they should. He's won. You know, they've won three of their last four games. That only loss in those last four is at Detroit. And you just beat them at home pretty easily. So yeah. I guess you just have to wait and see what they do with the rest of their season. 
Uh, they play at Cleveland. Then they get the Cardinals, the Falcons, and at Green Bay. So uh, two pretty tough games at Cleveland, at Green Bay. But also not out of the question that they win three of those games. They, they could easily win three of those games. Yeah, and now I'm just trying to sit here and think. It's like, okay, you, you mentioned offensive tackle. Like Darnell Wright, he is playing left tackle for them, right? I believe he's on the right side. He is on the right side? Okay, then. so maybe maybe you do go with quarterback left tackle there, right? Because where's yeah. their second pick? Is their second pick top five or at least Number top Number seven overall. Seven? It's not a bad mm-hmm. spot to be. I mean, you're going to get somebody there, right? But Well, do you trade down like they did last year? Do you yeah. trade down a couple spots? For a team that, like the Washington Commanders are sitting at number four, do you try to deal with them and be like, hey, come up and get your quarterback. We'll gladly take this offensive tackle and then take a, a really good receiver at number seven. Like You might not get Marvin Harrison Jr. at that yeah. situation, but you might get uh, Keon Coleman from Florida State. You might yeah. get neighbors from LSU. There's some good receivers Big in this class. Kid from Washington, his name's up in my mind. Yeah, Roma Dunsey. Yep. Big kid, like. There are some really good receivers in this class, so maybe you can even go further than that. I, I mean, they're just <laughs> there's a lot of options. It's it's tough to sit in that room and be a Chicago Bears fan or be in that front office of do we make this decision to move on from Justin Fields because he's still young too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not old in this league. I just kind of hope he finds a way to Atlanta. And then yeah. it's like, okay, he left Georgia to Ohio State, and then he goes to Chicago, but then finds his way back to Georgia and starts tearing it up with the Eagles – or with the Falcons, excuse me. I just think it, in some roundabout way, him finding his way back to Georgia and excelling would be pretty neat. I also just – I long for the Falcons to have a good quarterback. I want it so badly for them. Yeah, especially with all these other playmakers. But maybe in that offense, it just doesn't matter. Because yeah. right now, like you have these receivers, you're not taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. You spend most of the time with two tight ends on the field, and your receivers are just blocking for them. It's just like mm-hmm. you watch the Falcons; like there's all this talent on the field, and it feels like you're just missing out on it. Yeah, like I haven't, I haven't watched a lot of Falcons games this year They're because why would you? Yeah, <laughs> but like Kyle Pitts, is he ever really going to live up to that hype? I don't know. Come to I, Kansas City and we might see. Like This is just yeah. where like the homer in me is, right? is just like, you know what, like, why don't you go trade for a Drake London? Why don't you go get a Kyle Pitts or go get one of these young guys who's in a situation where it's like, you know, it's not really working out there. Why, we'll just waste a first and throw it over there because we think we can make something happen with you because that team and their offense can't. I mean, they gave up a third for Kadarius Toney. <sighs> you know? Idiots. At the time, I was like, "Yeah, that's a good pick." Like, I thought it was a second. He was a first rounder, you know. Actually, I think it was like a third and a sixth that they gave up for him. Because at first, I just saw that there was a sixth round pick. I was like, "Oh my god, how'd you do that?" And then our buddy Rob was like, "Well, it's a third and a sixth." Like, eh, that's not as good. Yeah. (laughs) But at least it's just a third. Like this guy was drafted in the first round. You might be getting a Pro Bowler here. Or you might get a guy that costs you three games in one season uh, and is one of the ugliest human beings I've ever seen. Um, but a lot of receivers And he needs to go to the eye doctor. Class. I mean, shit. <laughs> yeah. And this, this NFL class is going to be interesting, too. We got on this topic because, of like, Drake May. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, how many of these guys are going to come out. I mean, so many quarterbacks could come back to college because they're making so much money in college. One of those names, Dylan Gabriel, who was at Oklahoma, just decided, like, I'm going to test out the transfer portal <laughs> yeah. again. Like, that one came out of nowhere, and then he commits to Oregon. I'm guessing that Oregon still has a lot of money tied up in NIL. They're able to go get their guy. Good for you, Oregon Ducks. Good for you to hit the transfer portal and be like, that's going to be what we do. Is like, is that what Oregon's going to be known for going forward? Is like, you know what? We'll just we'll just hit the transfer portal for these guys. Forget recruiting and developing. Like, yeah. we'll let you develop somewhere else. You come here. We'll make a run. We can focus on recruiting everywhere else. Yeah. Fine. Well, was, you know, it was, that was kind of the Oklahoma Sooners thing. Yeah. Is they, they brought sure. in Baker Mayfield. He wins a Heisman. You bring in Kyler Murray. He wins a Heisman. Then you even bring in like guys like Dylan Gabriel, and it's like, okay, what are we going to do now? You bring in Jalen Hurts. He was very good. Like, gosh, they've had so many transfer quarterbacks that it's not just Oregon doing it. But, you know, Oklahoma tried it. 
now it kind of bites them in the butt because Dylan Gabriel going to Oregon. Left them, yeah. They've got a pretty good quarterback, too, coming in. He was a freshman last year. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, but he was good. So Oklahoma's probably still okay at quarterback. But you would want a guy like Dylan Gabriel coming back. I mean, he was up there for the Heisman. He played lights out. He beat Texas on that last play. He he was very, very good this year. And the transfer portal is it's very unique now. I look at Jaden Daniels, who won the Heisman. We've talked mm-hmm. about him a lot over the last couple of weeks, too. Like, this is what you can be in the transfer portal now. You Just because you were not successful at one school doesn't mean you're done. Uh, yeah. We talked about it a week ago, two weeks ago, where I was kind of like, yeah, why is this guy transferring to LSU? Even the video kind of went viral again of his teammates yes. cleaning out his locker at Arizona State and being like, this guy sucks anyway. Yeah. Now he's a Heisman Trophy winner, and you're probably not playing college football anymore. Like, That's a tough look. <laughs> yeah. What does that say to the teammates of Arizona State? It's like, yeah, this is how much you guys suck because I didn't have a chance to play mm-hmm. this good. Like, you guys were holding back my potential. Like, how yeah. many egotistical players are out there now? I'd be like, yeah, if I transferred to LSU, I'd probably be a Heisman winner too. But because i got to play with you bums, it's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> I wasted nice. how many years here in Arizona State? Yeah. <laughs> well, I could have been oh, playing in the SEC. And yeah. maybe we see it with Dylan, or Dylan Gabriel in Oregon. You know, not saying that Oklahoma held him back whatsoever, but making the transition right. – from Oklahoma in the Big 12, you know, you would have been going to the SEC, but now you get Oregon going into the Big 10. I think that works out great for Oregon is because you're getting an experienced quarterback who's been in big atmospheres mm-hmm. and played in big games, right? And it's like, okay, hey, like I'm going to be used to some of these moments here in the Big 10 against some of these teams. I can handle the moment. And then it's just you can – you trust that leadership. You know you already have it heading into this new th- – you know, path that you're heading into with Oregon here, new Oregon trail almost. <laughs> but it's just like a maybe this just works out for Oregon and it's in the sense of can Oregon make things happen too though in the Big Ten with Dylan Gabriel is my question for you. Because I think it works out yeah, for Oregon. I, I think it's, I think it's a so. good fit for both of them, but like do you think Oregon has a chance right. in the Big Ten no matter what? Yeah, and you're gonna have some dudes come back too at Oregon. I know they're losing uh some players. You're losing Bo, Bo Nicks, obviously you're gonna replace him with Dylan Gabriel. I don't know how good the Big Ten is going to be next year. I mean, you look at what the Pac-12 did this year with all those good teams. I mean, Washington and Oregon could compete with anyone this year. I mean, you put Oregon in the Big Ten this year, and they might be the second-best team. Like, we'll give Michigan their credit. Mm -hmm. They're very good. They've been undefeated. But, like, Oregon could have played right there with Ohio State. They were better than Penn State. So, like, they could fit in. They could have fit in even, I think, in the SEC. Like, I know everybody loves the SEC, but – they could have fit in with the Alabamas of the world, with Georgia. I, I think they played very well. Coming back with a quarterback who's played a ton in college football, I feel like this is like year number six for him. Even when he transferred to Oklahoma, I was like, oh, he has, he's got eligibility left? Yeah. And now here we are in the end of 2023, and Dylan Gabriel still playing college football. Good for him. But I think Oregon can be very good. And this is really going to help them, too, with recruiting. And I know that's one thing that, uh, college coaches are trying to get out in front of us when the transfer portal opens, using that as a means to recruit. And now, you know, if you're Oregon and you don't have a quarterback going into next season, it's going to be hard to recruit the transfer portal. It's going to be hard to recruit these high school kids. Now you've got Dylan Gabriel there, and now you can start going and talking to other receivers and saying, hey, we still got a quarterback. Look at what we did last yep. year. We're doing the same thing this year. I know Texas is doing it too. Like, there's our fandom again. You can start talking about all the receivers that they're going to lose. Some of them might be on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, They need to go out and get quarterback help or these other teams, sorry, receiver help. They need to go out and recruit the portal. And I think one of the things that Texas is doing is saying, like, hey, our quarterback's not leaving. Yeah. Come back and play here. We're going to have really good running backs. We've got a great offensive line. You're going to put up huge numbers here playing receiver. All all these teams are are doing it. They, they, They should be. And Oregon is doing it really well right now by going out and getting Dylan Gabriel in the transfer portal. Like that, that kid's going to make a lot of money. I don't know what his NIL deal is. I know that it's not anything like Shohei Otani's making <laughs> because that deal floored me Golly, over the dude. weekend. I knew he was going to get paid. 
I didn't expect seven hundred million dollars. Like, we all, like we heard you know we heard five hundred like five hundred for sure. You know, yeah. it might get mm-hmm. into six hundred. When you go from six to seven hundred, like that's an extra hundred million. Like someone's gonna be like, yeah, no shit. It's like no, that's a hundred million dollar difference. Mm-hmm. Someone's getting paid when it was like, yeah, no brainer, five hundred. Like no brainer, he's getting Patrick Mahomes money over a ten year contract. I was like, well, he yeah. actually might make a hundred more than that. Psych, even more. And then when you find out, it's like, oh, you know, we found a way where we're just going to pay him $2 million a year for 10 years. The deferred and money. And then after that, we'll pay him 680 over the next 10. Yeah. I don't understand how that works. So you're saying in 20 years then, you're like, okay, now we're ready to make, like, I don't because you're going to pay someone else another large sum of money. You're the mm-hmm. Dodgers right now. You have, like, six owners that are all just billionaires. Someone else is going to get a large contract from them. Yeah. And I just don't get how this works, and you, you kick it 10 years down the road. Yeah, I don't see how it's a good business from, plan. Yeah, from there you're like, eh, like we'll be effed in 10 years. Right now yeah. we're good. We're good. Right, yeah. And like going back to what you said too, like Mike Trout's deal that he signed. Mike Trout is the second best player in baseball. I think most people would agree with that. Mm-hmm. He signed a 12-year deal worth $426 million. That's like nowhere near Shohei Otani money. And so I did. It's we almost his entire contract again. Like, yeah, just... we were talking about it on Saturday before the official signing. Of like, what kind of money do you think he's actually going to get? And I was thinking about the Trout deal. It's like he's probably going to get like 500 mil over eight years is what I had mm-hmm. thought. I was 65 million a year, yeah. Way wrong, though, because, I mean, he got 10 years. He's 29 years old. He got a 10-year deal, $700 million. And let's remember, he's a pitcher and he's a DH. Homie's not pitching next year. No, and he might he not got be hurt. the same after that. Yes. <laughs> right. We like He might not ever be good again. So, like, what is this? Like, way to go, Shohei Otani. Is his third major elbow injury in, like, the last five years? I think I saw something like that. It, I know it's his third one, but I don't know the time span. It's like... We're expecting this guy to keep it up. Like, we questioned it two mm-hmm. years ago. Like, we were doing daily radio. Like, nah, this guy's not going to be anything. I just, <laughs> yeah. you, what, you, what, you think you're Babe Ruth? And then he did it. We're like, all right, let's see if you can do it again. And then he did. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, yeah. all right, like, now you got Sergio. You got a ton of money. Let's just kind of see if the motivation's still. He, he's probably just like, guys, shut up and just watch me do great things. Maybe at some point I will. But right now, I'm going to question too. it still. Yeah. I don't like, understand what the, the Dodgers are to doing just be here. Like, <laughs> the MLB to go, ah, I mean, I guess we didn't specify that you can't do that, so we'll have to let it go. It's just like, <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> no one said we couldn't. So, like, how's that meeting go? I wish I could be a fly on the wall for that one. I'm like, all right, show, hey, we know you're going to defer some money. How much? Well, guys. I want $2 million. And they're probably like, yeah, you got it. $2 million deferred. Like, we can do that. No. <laughs> I want to play for $2 million. I want to defer $680 million. Somebody signed the paper on that. I don't know what you're going to do if you're the Dodgers in 10 years when you don't have any money to pay these players. But I think a lot of the, like, if you're an owner and you're sitting in there, you're probably in your 50s, maybe your 60s. You're like, <laughs> fuck it. 10 years, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> else's problem. I'm trying Selling to win high, a baby. Selling high, baby. <laughs> yeah. What's Mookie Betts wants? Cut the check. What's Freddie Freeman want? Cut the check. I don't care. We're trying to win right now. I'm going to sell this team in nine years. No one cares. Hopefully we have two World Series wins by then. But it's just it's a wildly just wrong business plan <laughs> to be like, yeah, we're going to pay you $68 million when you're not even on this team anymore and you're an old man. If you're Shohei Otani, that's great. I, I think it's a yeah. wonderful contract. I can't believe anybody agreed to let you do this. And, like, even just off averages of, like, $70 million a season, when he's going to DH and pitch, that's so much money. I just him. I don't know if I sent it to you, but I think I screenshotted it when he was just going to be averaging the seventy million a year. 
he was going to be making more than eight MLB franchises will pay mm-hmm. their entire roster yep. in 2024. Yeah, that's he's another making thing. Two million. So it's like, well, this is invalid. But for his average, you know, seventy million dollars a year over right. ten years, he would be him alone would be making more than the Cleveland Guardians, the Marlins, Royals, Brewers, Red Pirates, Orioles, and A's pay their entire roster. <laughs> Man, that the Orioles even good. Yes, <laughs> you know thirty. The Orioles at forty two point eight million dollars. That's more like mm-hmm. Dak Prescott's getting paid more than that. Yeah, like when we think about this, like that's just stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people are fans of. They want the salary cap in baseball, like the NFL has, like the NBA has. I personally don't want a salary cap in baseball. Because I also love looking at the top end of that and seeing teams like the New York Mets that are absolute <laughs> garbage, just hot garbage, and they have one of the highest payrolls. It's like, well, yeah. you spend a lot of money. You really suck at spending your money, though, and you're just awful. You see teams like the Cubs that can't get a win. You see uh, the Mets, the Yankees that spend a lot of money. Yeah. I'm not a Yankees hater, but you haven't won any World Series You've gotten close quite a bit. You got close. You just Congratulations. Can't get over it. And it turns out you're even cheating too. Like you're not even good enough cheating at cheating to win. The Astros yeah. cheated better than you. Uh-huh. And I, I think it was even the Astros like sold in twenty eleven and they sold for cheaper than seven hundred million dollars, which is what Shohei Otani is worth now. Like the an Astros entire did? organization in two thousand eleven or twelve. No way. Didn't even go for like a billion dollars. An MLB organization did not go for a billion dollars. Yeah, it was it was a while back. I mean, we're looking at twelve years or so. Uh, here it is: Jim Crane bought the Astros for six hundred and ten million dollars. Oh my God! I never knew that. Yeah, in two thousand eleven. Franchise worth now? Oh, got billions. Two. They that park's beautiful. Two bill. Three, they've won a couple World Series. I mean, it's Jeez. right now they are valued at two point two billion dollars. <laughs> oh my god! He bought them for a nice six hundred ten million dollars. Why couldn't I have a rich dad? Right, like I need to just start buying stock in like the Green Bay Packers or something. You're not gonna lose money on that. You will make money buying a sports franchise yeah and you especially can, the one of the major ones i think you i'm not trying to buy like asset. it's like i'm a packers owner it's like oh mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll use that as collateral maybe yeah not. well give me just give me a little bit whatever is i whatever i can get for like five bucks and i'll turn that into just 10. like i'll turn that into 20 this is where like i want to just write like a really good letter to show you and be like how about just a hundred thousand yeah <laughs> Like, right. I'll throw a pit on the floor, and by the time you walk over there to pick it up and bring it back, you'll have made the money back. I know. I did see a breakdown on his contract, and again, it was before the deferred stuff. It's like he makes $2 every second. One second, he makes $2, $2 hits his account. Jeez. Think about that, how long we've been talking and the money that he would make in that amount of time. We've been talking also, for 51 minutes. Son of a gun. People talk about there needs to be like a salary cap in baseball. There needs to be a salary cap in life. No one needs that much money. <laughs> you know? Like, no one should be pulling in that kind of money a year. And like, Shohei Otani's not even going to be like top 25 richest people in the world after he gets all this money. He's no. not even going to be on the list. You've got people like Elon Musk sitting on billions of dollars. It's not. It's not cool. Unless no wonder he's no wonder he's you throw some rockets. Way. You got to have some some freaking expenses, man. Yeah, you want to talk about depreciation? <laughs> you saw seven <laughs> rockets blow up this year, dude. Even make it to space. Talk about depreciation. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. We lost another one. How much ah, was it? Oh, a couple. Dude, that means you only made seven bucks this year, Elon. That's crazy, dude. Don't even worry about taxes this year. You're good. Yeah, you're fine. How many rockets? You, he's probably blowing them up on purpose. Just like, yeah, I guarantee tax it. break. Same reason. They're probably not even rocket. real rockets. He's probably just blowing up something that's fake and be Same like, "Well, you put a that was a hundred million on a cemetery, so you don't have to pay taxes on it." <laughs> yes, like, exactly. 
so many ways to get a tax break. Uh, there were there was a lot of baseball news. Um, Juan Soto got traded to the Yankees, and then everybody quickly forgot about it and didn't care. I don't know what you're doing with that lineup. I don't, I don't know how it works. I know they still don't have pitching at all. Yeah. And they but. traded like three or four to get him. And I love <laughs> hearing the justification for it. It's like, you know, the Yankees are just really missing a solid left-handed bat in their lineup for the outfield. Mm-hmm. You have Aaron Judge and Stanton mm-hmm. as hitters that play out. Like, who cares if you have a left-handed batter? You have two of the greatest mm-hmm. hitters in baseball on your team. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so stupid, the justification of like, oh, yeah, we need to go get him because, like, you know, left-handed bat. Like, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter what side you freaking – what side of the plate you hit on. Well, yeah, you, you know, just you in case you face a reliever, the, then you can you have to bring in another reliever. You have to go lefty-righty, lefty-righty, which has never made a lot of sense to no, me. No, like that's when, the analytical part of baseball. It's like just shut up and play. Like put your best pitchers out there and let them do their job. Yeah, if you have two great hitters, it doesn't matter what side of the plate they're hitting from. Yep. Just let them go out there and hit. And for the Yankees, like they – they probably should have made a move to get some better starting pitching. I, I don't know. It also just feels like they're just not going to be good because they're another one of those franchises that just throws money at, like, anything. Like, oh, are you going to be a free agent? You're available? We we will pay you. <laughs> we're not really sure how we're going to play you, where you're going to be. The Dodgers, are they're, like, right there in that category, too. I'm like, yeah, well, we've got Cody Bellinger. He's pretty good. But Freddie Freeman's available. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and pay him, which I like Freddie Freeman. Or like Mookie Betts even. Now he's playing second base. (laughs) Right, that's a very expensive second baseman. Yes, it is. Uh, So I don't know. Major League Baseball is crazy because, like you said, you also have teams like the Orioles who are paying their players like $40 million a year for their payroll. But they're going to win the AL East next year with good young players. They're like Stanton – and uh, Judge alone are going to make more than that entire yeah. franchise is paying. Like you could throw their minor league system in there too, and those guys are making more than that entire franchise. And they're going to get their ass kicked by the Orioles. I, I really, I'm here for it. I love watching small market teams perform well. Let's <coughs> just hit the trifecta here. Yeah, our, our yeah. Royals, <laughs> all of our teams today. Uh, they signed Will Smith, not the rapper. Oh. <laughs> But a left-handed reliever who has won three straight World Series. He won with the Astros. He won with the Braves. And then he won with the Rangers. Punch our ticket to the World Series, folks. Because here come the Kansas City Royals. Are we about to find some consistency with our (laughs) rotation and our hitters? There we go. You just get another year from these young guys to develop. Bobby Witt MVP. Yep. Salvador Perez, maybe Dude, he stays in Royal. Just be electric, just freaking electric. Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Longhorns won a national championship. <laughs> Royals won a World Series. I find a wife. Life is good. Twenty twenty four, man. This is mm, it's your year. <laughs> I would love it for it to be. I would love twenty twenty four to be. I don't my think year. your heart could take it. I think you might have a heart attack in excitement. If like two of those parlay legs hit, <laughs> the world could handle me being that like genuinely happy. No, like nothing could bring me down. Nope. but I'm right there with you. Uh, we talked about last week. I'll pray for you. <laughs> God, <I've laughs> there's other stuff done, that brothers. the Lord could worry about. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. <laughs> None of that concerns me. Uh, I need a Royals win, a big so, country to find a speaking wife. Speaking of that, you know how we talked? It was Evan Almighty, the movie you brought up where he opens the file uh-huh. cabinet and he just like goes shooting backwards. I had not seen that clip before. Like I had just not seen that movie. Like That's another good movie I've just not seen. I've seen that clip so many times on my phone. Like I literally saw it the next day. That's yeah. how much our phones are listening. Oh, yeah. Even with the headphones in right now, like everything yeah. we're doing – like one of the listens that we're going to get on Spotify is just an FBI agent being like, God, they're on again. I have to listen to the mic'd up podcast again, but you know, Jared, what? You it's know, actually not it? that bad. Come check it out, dude. <laughs> oh, they're talking about us. They're talking about us. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> takes his headphones out and just plays it out loud on his phone. Uh, well, we appreciate you guys listening in to us tonight uh, and all of our listeners <laughs> uh, always listening in the FBI agents, whomever uh, it may be. I think that's it for us, though. We're about an hour in. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we'll be back at it again throughout the holiday season. Uh, I am in peak uh, basketball dad mode. I feel like that's all I do right now is sit in bleachers and watch basketball. But I hate it and I love it. Sometimes I dread going. I absolutely love sitting there. Just ass hurting. Maybe eating some popcorn. Invest in one of those bleacher chairs that you just prop up the backrest. Yep, other parents do it. I don't want to be that guy. but The amount of times that you're going to use it, it's definitely worth the value. Oh, 100%. Like, if I would have bought one when my daughter started playing sports, I would have gone through three of them already. And I know they have school-designed ones. Yep. You get their Your name boy's on the going to be on Amazon. Yeah. Just, <laughs> we used to play a school <laughs> that was Miller growing up. Oh, yeah. And they had the coolest, like, nicest seats when you played basketball there. And I always thought about just stealing one and being like, well... <laughs> What are you going to say to me? Like You see My me walking now, out bitch. of the gym with it, and they're like, hey, has that chair got your name on it? Uh, yeah, it does, buddy. It does have my name on it. You've it's put my a lot chair of thought into that before. You've been waiting <laughs> to say this story. I've <laughs> been saving that one for 12 years. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, I would, though. I, I need to get a sports chair. Uh, but we appreciate you guys joining us, listening, putting up with all of our nonsense again. Uh, Big Country and I will be back at it again uh, next week, probably uh, same time. But we appreciate you guys. And we'll talk to you all real soon.